Hey everybody, hey, it's Danny. Hey guys, it's Drea, and you are listening to Swim the Bottle. Today we have a special guest. Her name is Erin Haywood. Erin, say hi to the people. Hi, beautiful people. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome. Erin is a career engagement counselor from UCLA, where she works with students to find their career path. Yeah, Erin, tell the people what you do. I feel like I have to because who the heck knows what a career engagement educator is? So so glad. Yeah, that's basically a fancy word for career counselor. I work with undergraduate students who are just trying to figure out life. And although we're trying to figure that out as well, um, I try to do my best by empowering them to let them know that it's not the end of the world, that they have resources to help them kind of just kickstart their purpose. So I love it. And there's more things I'm passionate about. I love tech. And I want to get more folks of color into tech, too. So I do a lot of programs and projects around that. Thank you so much. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. That sounds amazing. I need some tech assistance. Now, I don't teach tech. You're so I funny. I guarantee you, you tech. your tech acumen will yeah. be will blow my mind. I guarantee you. <laughs> but I love mm-hmm. it. Tech industry, tech assistance. Yes. Yes. So important. Very important. As our resident professional, Erin is joining our team as a dream team correspondent. Anyways, so we want to introduce what that actually means to you guys. Yeah, tell them more. Tell um, them more. So as we've been considering content and things that we want to offer you guys, we realize that there's strength in numbers, and we know so many awesome people who Tons have of awesome all people. the jewels. So and awesome. we want to give them to you. So the people that we think you need to hear from, you're going to hear from them exactly. <laughs> by way of our Dream Team correspondence, and there will be more coming. Right. Throughout the A lot of unique voices, some different perspectives, give you some cool things to think about. That's why Aaron's here today. That's exactly right. That is a big bill to fill, but I'm happy to be here. Girl, just be yourself. (laughs) Just be yourself. yourself. Which leads us into... Yes. The word of the day. Today's word of the day is actually a phrase, and it's what we're going to talk about today. Imposter syndrome. Because who really knows what that means? imposter syndrome imposter syndrome can be feeling like you're not enough you're not meeting the expectations Mm -hmm. and you might feel like you've been positioned to do something really important but for whatever reason you cannot do it you can't perform you never feel quite good enough imposter syndrome yep that's beautiful We've all that's got it. it. That's Once it. I learned the definition, I was like, oh, it's me. <laughs> cool. <laughs> There's oh, a name for that thing. Oh, I have imposter syndrome. So, yeah. in other words, Jane's imposter syndrome is really kicking her ass. <laughs> well, <laughs> for Jane. She's been working overtime, but she doesn't think she's done quite enough to deserve a raise. Jane better get that money. How can we help her? <laughs> How can we help Jane? How can we help Jane? We'll, we're going to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, we're definitely going to talk about it. <laughs> Danny, this is my favorite thing that you do. I love it so much because she loves finding random facts. I love finding facts. (laughs) Hence the name, Danny's Random Factoids. Yes. I'm ready. And so here, I've decided to make this a group event. Okay, we're going to learn about five different types of imposter syndrome and try to identify what they are and what they look like for the peoples out there. Okay. Okay. So it's a game. It's a game. I now, like do games. we identify which so, one we feel? Uh, and like you we? can okay. absolutely. But what if we're you gonna, feel so inclined, if you feel, if you find yourself, but that's why we're here. It. So, <laughs> so first, I'll start with the five, the five types. Okay, we have the perfectionist, the superwoman slash superman, mm-hmm. okay, the natural genius, mm-hmm. the soloist, and the expert. Mm. So I'm gonna read descriptions. Descriptions. Descriptions are fine. Also, yeah. those descriptions. You, you <laughs> letting the people know, and you guys are gonna guess. <laughs> And okay. we'll go through it. Okay. 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 So, number one. Have you ever been accused of being a micromanager? <laughs> <laughs> do you have great difficulty delegating? Even when you're able to do so, you feel frustrated and disappointed in the results. Do you feel like your work must be 100% perfect 100% of the time? No, but I know some people. Mm. I definitely know some micromanagers. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Who do you think that could be? That sounds like... A perfectionist, no? Yeah. Yay! Yeah. Yeah. Yes, right. yes, yeah. yes. Definitely. Yes. I do feel like I have perfectionist tendencies, but I'm not a micromanager. I'd rather just 
Oh, wait. Okay. Do it yourself? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's oh, be your soloist. You. <laughs> Maybe. But we'll I'm not going to micromanage someone else because that makes me feel bad. I'll just. Yes. Do perfectionism, it. perfectionists, um, the way this kind of comes up is they tend to have difficulty delegating. Um, and even when they do, they're disappointed in people's results. They always kind of feel like, well, I could have done that better. That's why I don't delegate. Mm-hmm. And um, they feel like things have to be, they have insanely high standards for themselves that they never meet and no one else really ever meets ever. I'd like to also say that I'm not, I'm coming out of perfectionism. Okay? You speak it, girl. And I'm, I'm with you. Support. I'm not, There's support. Oh, thank you. you. <laughs> no, seriously. Because working at an institution like UCLA, where students have been top of their class and they get into that, you know, th- that environment where they're getting C's or flunking, the whole world Oh, they ends, just, yeah. You know, yeah. where they yeah. just are like, Am, should I be here? Like, you know, oh, I'm an, you I know, be? I was chosen by, by chance. So yeah. definitely this can spiral into something that's, even crazier so if you're a perfectionist there's a place for you there's a place yes okay let's see this is the next one okay so the remaining ones now just to keep memory together so we have superwoman superman natural genius soloist and the expert okay okay so next one up we have do you have a track record of getting straight a's or gold stars in everything you do (laughs) were you frequently told as a child you're the smart one in your family or peer group do you dislike the idea of having a mentor because you can handle things on your own? Um, what do you think this one would be? So the there's Superwoman. Yep, Superwoman. The expert. The expert, the soloist, and the genius. And the, Well, the genius. Genius, yeah. that's okay. Yeah. It's the genius. So these are people who uh, intellectually uh, find things easy. They, they learn quickly, they adapt quickly, mm-hmm. and they get better results than most for less effort quite frankly it just comes a little easier to mm-hmm. them so this version of imposter syndrome um it kind of manifests itself in avoiding challenges because it's uncomfortable if it's mm-hmm. not something you're good at you just mm-hmm. always want to be at that perfect a grade or whatever and mm-hmm. you're used to getting it easy so that's another one yeah okay up next do you feel firmly you need to accomplish things on your own <laughs> Does I don't need anyone's help. That's the key word. (laughs) So what do we think that is? Definitely the the soloist. Yeah. I feel like I've been there so many times where I just want to, where I want to prove that I can do something. Yes. So badly. And I think there's a a sense that I have to do it. And if I don't do it by myself, then people won't believe that I'm special or something like that. I think too, if like people around you put you in that position where you're the first a lot of times because mm. I'm I'm first generation. So I think a lot of times folks in my family didn't know by saying like, you're the first in our family or you just focus on work. You got this, you know, it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. So a lot of times you feel like you have to do things independently to kind of keep that facade going sure. in your circle um, versus it's OK to say, like, I don't have it all together and I need help and support. Um, but if people have always seen you that way, you kind of feel like you want to keep down that path. And the important thing, uh, the important part of this one to consider is that people, people who suffer from this version of the imposter syndrome, they actually feel like asking for help reveals their phoniness. Mm-hmm. Like if I ask for help, it means I'm not good or mm-hmm. I'm not adequate. So, yeah. yeah, that's tricky. Okay. Last by process of elimination is the expert. Um, and this person, this, they shy away from applying for job positions unless they meet every single requirement. They won't endeavor into things unless they know they have a 100% chance of succeeding, which, again, that, that means that they're underperforming in a lot of ways if you're not reaching for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're always trying to go for the next training, certification, class. Like, you're always trying to just, I see myself oh in all my these. Oh, my gosh. I was like... What I've learned today is that I have a serious case of imposter syndrome. That's what I've learned. With all, shades of all five. Right. It doesn't matter. It's all the same yeah. thing. But it's like weird because a lot of these things you think are good. You know, if you were like, yes. oh, it's someone who goes for certification yeah. and wants to be the best and wants to be first and doesn't like to make mistakes. Someone from the outside might be like, that's how you become the top. Exactly. That's and exactly I think right. that's the important part because the question is, why is imposter syndrome? A bad thing. And there it is. That's it. 
And guys, just in case you are feeling a little concerned because you may notice yourself in some of these things, do know that you are far from alone. So based on this Fast Company article, studies suggest that 70% of people experience imposter syndrome at some point in their life or career. So more often than not, people are walking around feeling this way. We so, can share some stories on that. We have stories. <laughs> we have tea in the next segment. <laughs> but first, let's spin the bottle. Yes, let's. Today's topics I'm really excited about include currently crushing all the things we love and want you to love too. Black cinema, black excellence on the movie screen. Hypothetically speaking, real advice for fictional characters because they need us. It's so true. <laughs> Lyrically, though, <laughs> we thought we knew, but we had no idea. Or depending on the day, you could get a D&D remix. Which will always sound like the same thing. Exactly. Every time. <laughs> same melody every time. Uh, um, I feel a way um, because we feel a way about that. Game of Thrones finale. Yes. Because God. if it lands here, just believe that we're going to talk about that. No I think we're going to find a way to talk, talk about, about it regardless. Could but we? Pretend? We'll, we'll see. Okay. We'll see. We'll never know. And last but not least, all about the Benjamins. Money moves. How does one make them? Okay. That's what I want to know. Let's go ahead and spin that bottle. Hypothetically, Hypothetically speaking. speaking. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. I'm so glad it landed on it. Please let's. What do you think oh, Jon Snow gosh. should have done? Mm. Okay, mm. Spoilers. I know I'm spoilers. Still, but she should have watched it already by the time you hear this still episode. Still so irritated by Game of Thrones. And I feel bad because it was such an excellent series. It, it was, was amazing. And as a complete piece of work, I will still say it's one of the best pieces as of television. As a complete piece of work. It's a really nice thing. You know, but that that last season was really tough for me. And the last episode, it felt like I wasn't watching the same show to me. Like it felt like a little cheesy and like corny. And there was some weird dialogue that was like... I don't. I don't and know. I was like, "This is not Game of Thrones." Like, and then it, it would dark out and then come back. <laughs> like, what's going on? And then Tyrion. It's just like the characters were so far out of their arcs, where it's like, okay, now so now Tyrion's just an idiot. He's just a complete mm-hmm. idiot, making all the wrong moves. And then we knew Daenerys was probably gonna descend into madness, but I think they spent so long. I want to disagree. We didn't. I want to disagree on that. We didn't earn it. Because I don't think they did a good job setting up the fact that she would spin into. They madness. didn't. There was like it was. I feel like they were that, like, oh, she's a Targaryen. Towards the end of the, we should make this decision about Danny, but they did not spend the time making it seem like she was going to be going mad. mad. Going, yeah. It was literally like from one episode to the next. Like we knew she went nuts when she bombed, in essence, like <laughs> fire. <laughs> Yeah. Fire annihilated the entire the King's Landing. Yeah. But before that, it was just like, we still thought she was going to... I thought I when they rang the bell, out of it. she's going to come know, out like, of it. Understanding that she listened to so many people prior that had give, given her horrible advice. Sure. That put her All in positions time. where she Every wasn't time. in power. And this was the first time where she's like, I'm not listening, y'all. I don't hear no bells. It's happening. I'm with and listen, I'm not even mad at it. Like yeah, I'm not mad that mad. she did descend into madness. It's just the way we got there. I was like, oh, okay, wait. I didn't but <laughs> I okay, wasn't ready. we're here. I Same wasn't with the ready. way the Night King was killed. Like I was still waiting for him to pop Come up back. or some blue eyes somewhere. <laughs> Literally, even when they made Bran King, I was like, Okay, Bran is gonna wait. open his eyes and the night, and, it's and it's gonna be, be blue. You really Something, wanted that to happen. I just yeah. The way the it, there were just so many like Brand did nothing Surprise, we forgot about Brand too many I, and I don't then know. there were so many memes about her saying that she turns into a chick in a robe outside crying about a dude right. and you're, like, you're just like oh she was knighted you know what I'm saying like she had she all, deserves so much more uh, she just deserves she just and this is and you're reduced are. to you know Jamie Lannister. Lee, like I have Lannister no real advice. House. I just wanted to talk about. I did too. Oh, sad. I'm. I, kind, was. I was really bothered by it, yeah. and John really got the the shaft there. I have to be honest, guys. I just. Felt... But didn't he want to go back to? He wanted to. He wanted to go life. back to. Uh, but not like that. Not like that. It doesn't not... seem fair. I feel yeah. like. I don't know. We talked about this. There could have been a lot of more, a lot more creative ways to get John back on the throne. And they then even Daenerys, like once she did 
go nuts. And then she was clearly a tyrant now at this point, or allegedly. Allegedly. Because I have my feelings about that. And I do agree. Like, you kill my best friend. Like, there were some things that happened where it's like, I understand the shift. And she was just like, these people got to go. I understand the <laughs> they shift. They got to but go. Why not just kill Cersei? Why not? Because she was trying to break the system. system. Remember? Mm-hmm. See, she that's the whole thing. So she thought she was breaking the system. Yeah. No, I but know. Then she bounced that's back. The wheel. What is it? Bro- the wheel. I broke the wheel. I, I think wheel. my issue though was when, like, but then how did it get back to at the end? You like begging John to kind of love you. Like, I didn't. I'm get just that. like, uh, like that's what I'm no, saying. They so after all that was wow. done, and then he, because she dropped the dragon while he was in the city. So I think at this point, like, we've got beef to some degree. Like, you're not gonna be able to walk up and to me in the throne room after all that has happened after all that has happened just be like let's just be together see yeah. i made it good like that didn't make sense to me. the way it. she looked at him too when she turned her back i was mm-hmm. like there's no way he's gonna walk into that room and uh-huh. she's gonna be happy to see him and she would yeah, have kissed him and then elated. afterwards be like and don't tell nobody else i thought she was gonna <laughs> right. i thought she was that gonna she kill was. him that's not what happened. like she never saw it coming mm-hmm. anyway <sighs> Game of Thrones, it's been a journey. And here, here's what I will say. This is a tribute to good writing and amazing storytelling that you have people all over just talking about ways they would have. <laughs> and the spinoffs. We'll see what the spinoffs look like. Wait, are there know. spinoffs? Are there That's what spin-offs? the word on the street is. That is that why they wrapped it up? That's what people are saying is that they wanted enough to where people would want to seek out answers in the spinoffs. Huh. I don't believe it. No. I think honestly, and I don't even want to... St- I'm going to say it, though. They got sloppy. I think they spent a lot of money on the war scenes. It was visually. 55 oh Nights. Oh, my God. Incredible. 55 Nights filming <laughs> the Battle of Winterfell. That's a long time. 55? Yeah. Wow. They were small movies. Yeah. The episodes were beautiful. But I think there were just continuity issues, narrative issues. There's water cups. There's Starbucks. <laughs> there's Starbucks. <laughs> I was like, y'all just don't want to be here I anymore. about that. Like, oh, yeah, they were if like, you think Game about of Thrones it. out. <laughs> Like, we're we done. Did it. We're we done. did it. Anyway, <sighs> thanks for the memories. So real advice, our advice for fiction or care. It doesn't matter. Oh, we just want. No... We just need to talk about it. That's yeah, more advice. It had for to the be writers. done. It was advice <laughs> for the writers. They were, they tapped out. Yeah. Aaron, 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 welcome to the show. Welcome to our studio. We are so happy to have you as a Dream Team correspondent. Mm-hmm. Introducing mm-hmm. you to our fans. It's great to have you, man. I'm excited. I, After a long day at work, coming <laughs> here in this environment with Star Wars figures around me, I'm just I know, I'm, right? I'm ready to geek out right now. Don't you now. just feel like the force <laughs> I think is with we you? Did. Like, we, we can do anything? A little bit. Also, Velma over there from Scooby-Doo is Aww. really giving me what I need. <laughs> And the Power Rangers, yeah. I was like, I was tempted to to but wear that time. with my intro, but yeah, but I was you like, couldn't, mm. we wouldn't have been able to hear you. So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Very true. you made a good decision. Practical. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we really wanted to include you in this episode of Spin the Bottle because, as a career woman or the boss lady that we consider you to be, you know that this is the area where we see imposter syndrome the most, right? Yeah. As we're trying to make money moves, as we're trying to climb the corporate ladder. I think even this phrase has come up maybe in the past two or three years. Mm-hmm. It's a kind of it's kind of a new door thing. And yeah. maybe was maybe it happened in the past, but we didn't have the language to define it, right? And to speak about it. When have you experienced imposter syndrome and then how did you deal? Oof, that's like a constant <laughs> thing. Um because I when I was thinking about this, I was like, okay, when's the first time that I really experienced it and I had the language that I knew that I was experiencing it. And it was around my career. Um, So in undergrad, I worked with students to try to get them to come into college. And so a lot of my work was around college access and retention, especially for students of color. Mm -hmm. And so I just naturally landed into that position because I was in um, Black Student Union. And so I was kind of recruited that way. And then when I was graduating, I was like, oh, yeah, there's this thing called a job that I need to get because I need to self-sustain myself. And so... I remember just kind of talking to somebody who worked for the Boys and Girls Club at the time. And I said, yo, like, I need a job. If you hear anything, let me know. And he's like, oh, send me your resume. Long story short, by the grace of God, I got that position and I became a team director for the Boys and Girls Club in San Francisco. And I just remember getting that job. But then it sunk in where I'm like, what's a teen director you know like, i was like i gotta help teens like what is, what's going on mm-hmm. and i just remember 
that I walked in with my hood on and I just walked into my office and I was freaking out. Like I was having a panic attack. I was like, okay, what if people know that I'm nervous? What if the teens come? You know how kids are. Mm -hmm. yeah. Teens come in and they're like, who they're is evil. Who That's <laughs> how they are. No, they're wonderful. They just <laughs> misunderstood. Um, okay. And so, so kind. I just remember my supervisor at the time, I think by the third or fourth day of me doing this routine of like hood on going in, she's like, what are you doing? Did you even realize you were putting your hood on every day? No. Oh. I, it was just this idea of not wanting to kind of be seen or I thought mm -hmm. I was like kind of cloaking myself or I can kind of be in the shadows as I did my work and that people, yeah. you know, and I just remember, thank goodness that I had a really strong um, mentor who was my supervisor, shout out to Manet. And she was just like, let's have a conversation. And she's just like, you're here for a reason, but there's this thing called presentation and you're working with young people and they need to know that you are here, that you are confident that you're ready and that you're here to support them. Yeah. Like if you're questioning yourself while they're questioning themselves, like that's going to be a pot for hot mess. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of like the first time that I realized that I was having these feelings of Am, am I really equipped to do this work? Even though I got hired, I went through right. an interview right. process. Mm -hmm. They saw, like, I worked with the person at my previous job at San Francisco State, and he referred me, you know? So he saw something already in me. Mm -hmm. He referred me. I went through the interview process. They hired me, and here I was freaking out that I couldn't do the job. Yeah. And so, um, but the, the thing about imposter syndrome is you get insights along the way but there's also going to be things that in your mind think confirm those negative thoughts of why you're here. And I think sometimes as a woman of color, because a lot of times in spaces I'm only or, you know, of the One few, of the few. <clears throat> um, and there's microaggressions and things that are said, you, you, you start to think, am I supposed to be here or am I good enough? Because people are not really this person said the same thing I said, but they were validated when mm -hmm. they said it. But mm -hmm. I wasn't validated mm -hmm. when I said that. So should I not speak up anymore? Because so-and-so always gets the credit, you know? Yeah. So I think there's so many different factors. But I think it's good that we are talking about it mm -hmm. and we have language. Because I think a lot of the research in what brings up this topic is around the gaps in career in particular. So a lot of research talks about women you know, feeling like imposters or folks of color, underrepresented folks feeling mm -hmm. like imposters. And so um, at least on my end in the career space, we talk a lot about this with folks who are usually underrepresented. Sure. Um, and so I think it's good that we're having this open dialogue and how to seek the, the signs when you're in that space. So that you can come out of it. So you can come out of it. It's true. It, and I really love the last episode around like inner negative talk, you know, yeah. because that is part <laughs> of critic. feeding into the imposter side of things where you go, I'm not an imposter. Like I'm meant to be here. So right. I love that. Yeah. So I love what you brought up. Uh, the fact that imposter syndrome is something that we talk about when we talk about women or underrepresented yeah. yep. communities. Um, and obviously Danielle and myself are women of color. Danielle mm -hmm. works for a very large corporation. Danielle, have you <laughs> experienced some of this stuff? I've experienced all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's it's really interesting because I think before I even learned about imposter syndrome, I just thought that's how it was supposed to go. I think a lot of times you are taught a lot of things along the way. And one of the things being a black woman, especially in a business environment, is like, there are just certain laws. There are certain things that we all kind of know to be true, which is like rules, you play yes. by a certain set of rules. Um, your stuff has to be tight and it needs to be airtight and you need to work mm -hmm. twice as hard and yep. be much more excellent just mm -hmm. to get the same attention. And I don't know how much of that um, has necessarily served me in conjunction with negative self-talk because when you combine those two things and you don't understand that it's like, oh no, this is imposter syndrome, you honestly think it's just you not measuring up and then you don't tell anybody and mm -hmm. then you just it's a little vortex <clears throat> yeah. that you're in um when i was i got my real estate license when i was 18 years old so by the time i was 19 i was selling houses to excuse me very grown people and i experienced it as a black woman i experienced it as a young woman like oh mm -hmm. you're young like i'm 40 50 and mm -hmm. i'm buying a house what can you tell me about houses so it's like you experience it in different ways yeah you experience those um, i tend to look younger 
So even sometimes when I'm in board meetings or when I'm, you know, when I'm interacting, Mm -hmm. there are just different ways that things show up. Now, I will say the company I work for is very big about bringing your whole self to work. And I'm the head um, of leadership and professional development for the black professional group, which is Mm -hmm. at Argo. So we have affinity groups. We have all kinds of things encouraging diversity. Mm -hmm. But there is still that part of me that's like, yeah, but I'm not really bringing my whole self to work. Like, I hear you, but yes. Like, to some <laughs> you degree, sound me. You sound but yeah. just like me. Um, okay. <clears throat> so it definitely shows up in different places. And even as more yeah. and more promotions come and think, there are always these moments where I'm like, ooh, tighten it up. Sometime there's this feeling that it's like people are going to understand that I'm a fraud one of these days. And I don't mm-hmm. know where that comes from. Mm-hmm. Because when I, same thing, I've gone through the interview process. My mm-hmm. resume, it's like I've been doing this for almost 20 years. Mm-hmm. I kind of know what I'm doing. <laughs> and my history continues to show that right but I'll always show up with a new thing like like I'm the one in the room who just kind of got in right right do you guys feel like so okay Aaron you said this and it was really beautiful just the fact that the way imposter syndrome shows up in your life um from the outside looking in it seems like a good thing yeah Right. But do you so do you feel like having imposter syndrome has helped you to achieve more in some ways like, why are we having this conversation if it's supposed to be something that if if actually what you're doing is beneficial to your career, you're climbing the corporate ladder? Mm-hmm. In my opinion, it disrupts authenticity. And that's what I'm always seeking mm-hmm. is to be authentic. And in, in if I'm not in an environment that allows for me to be authentic, how can I disrupt that environment? Because I think, of course, on the the inside, right behind the curtain, what people can't see, mm-hmm. I'm having it all together, right? I'm trying not to make mistakes. I'm trying to make sure that I'm doing things in a timely manner and with excellence. But in the inside, I'm freaking out saying, but if people see what's happening behind this curtain, then they're going to know that I'm not qualified for this job. And I right. think for me personally, in my story, it's always been I've, I've never been a straight A student. You mm. know, I struggled with reading. I had reading problems like I had to go to a speech therapist. So I had all these things throughout my story as a young child that even as an adult, when I get around really super uh, duper intellectual folks, I freak out. Or I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I can't be in this conversation. You know, they're saying this they're saying that. But I have to remind myself that intelligence and your capital comes in different ways. That's exactly right. And um, and so for me, I'm owning that more and more and it allows for me to be authentic and it allows me to kind of show those beautiful sides of me that I would maybe hide prior. Mm-hmm. But when I show it more, I think I actually add more value because I'm living in my truth and I think it allows for other people to be in truth. Because there's, there's, there's been times where I used to work in an elementary school and I would sit in and tutoring things and they were teaching fractions. And I looked at the kid and be like, I just got it too. <laughs> you know, like, and <laughs> no. you know, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, got it. You know, took me this time, got it. But I'm okay with that. Yeah. When before I would have all this shame of like, oh my gosh, people are talking about this and I don't know what I'm talking. Yeah. I don't know. I just learned fractions, you know, like I don't care. Uh, So that's for me, it works to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times in my personal experience, what's the thing that you're kind of compromising is your authenticity. And like, for me, I'm at this point in my age where I'm not willing to compromise that as much anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Did I answer that? No, that's perfect. I love that. That's really perfect. I think another reason that we are talking about it is because all of that work that we were taught to do to work harder mm-hmm. than everyone else, to show up earlier than everyone else, to like <laughs> yeah. be the best, it is really tiring. Yeah. It's super tiring. Uh, it makes you angry. It stresses you out. Mm-hmm. And so I think in this, this, in this rebirth of self-care, or maybe not even a rebirth, this like um, generation of, of self-care mm-hmm. where we're talking about caring for your mind, and wanting to be more authentic and wanting to live more of a full life, I think that it's important because if you don't realize that you don't feel good enough to do the work that you've been assigned to do or that you've you know been hired to do, right. then you're never going to, you're not going to progress and you're going to become like unhealthier and unhealthier. So I think it's really important to talk about when you, imposter syndrome in terms of taking care of your mental health. And I do think we're getting to a place um, where true success means different 
things for us now, mm-hmm. right? So it's not just about climbing the corporate ladder and getting the corner suite and then, you know. It used to be about that. It used to be about that. And now mm-hmm. it's like, well, wait a second. Do I have time with my family? Like there's balance and there mm-hmm. is consideration for all of us for <clears throat> Well, if I had to compromise everything to get here, is that in fact success? Mm-hmm. Like I may have, right? So trying to balance that and then do it in excellence is hard. It's just hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I do think, um, I don't know. I think imposter syndrome, the important part of it is just shedding light on it. Because if you don't know what it is, you would just think it's your thoughts. You would just think it's, mm-hmm. oh, this is just my thing that I'm struggling with. And my, maybe even thinking, oh, I don't have good self-esteem. Or I, you know, there are all kinds yeah. of ways we assign blame to ourselves. Yeah. Not yeah. understanding this is a real thing. Yeah. yeah. And you can like reclaim, reclaim your time. You can reclaim <laughs> kind of part of that because uh, Michelle Obama recently talked about how she had aspirations to obviously go to an Ivy League school mm-hmm. and her high school counselor actually told her that she was reaching too high. And so she was saying, even at, in that early of a stage, like, am I good enough to then her own career within law, then her being a first lady, she was experiencing what she's like, what is called imposter syndrome. But she says that it actually has been her fuel and she's like reclaiming it. And mm-hmm. she says anytime she has that thought, she just remembers all those previous experiences yeah. where she pushed through those barriers. And she says it just makes her dig her heels in even further to like work harder. So what I will say about that is that I've, Michelle, even just listening to Becoming, she has always had a very strong sense of self. Um, just listen, reading that book and here I said listening because I prefer the audio book. I, I like I love to hear her voice. I love to hear her voice. <laughs> um, <laughs> but she has always had a strong sense of self and the thing about imposter syndrome is that it doesn't really discriminate discriminate so you might not have a strong sense of self and I want to just point out earlier we talked about the things that sort of manifest as imposter syndrome of you like achieving more Mm -hmm. that doesn't that's not always how it happens that's not always the the way that it goes down like you could have imposter syndrome and be struggling with perfectionism and the soloist and you could not be moving forward in your career. That's right. And so that's another reason to sort of talk about it, because if you can't if you don't feel like your authentic self, if you don't feel like you can bring your whole self mm-hmm. to your work or if you just keep if you feel inadequate, you're actually not going to perform. So I, I think it's a good contrast. Like Michelle Obama is a great example. Yes, I'm glad she dug her heels in. And that's a good way to address imposter syndrome, to think about all the things that you have done. Remind yourself, okay, yeah, I do have this degree from right. this yeah, master's degree mm-hmm. from I was USC selling or whatever. houses when I was 18. Yeah, I do. <laughs> exactly. These types of things that we sort of forget, yeah. I think those are things that are important to do. And it's awesome that it comes from a woman like Michelle Obama. You gotta love her. Yeah, I love her. I was so close to her. I almost saw her speak, and I was like, "No, I'm, I'm not going to be that person." You didn't want to reach out. And I touch wanted. Her. I just, but you I was like, "Secret Service." Don't be a creep. She's amazing. She don't is amazing. Creep. She really is. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit more about how to deal with it because okay. it does come in different forms. Um, one size doesn't fit all. Every story is different and unique. What are some ways that we can just think of right here that we could be addressing imposter syndrome and we could achieve more? I think first it's, it's, it's recognizing when you're in that space, when you're checking whether or not you should be deserving of whatever that, you know, opportunity, that achievement, et cetera. So I think the first step is like practicing almost like mindfulness, like understanding when you get into those spaces and sometimes also recognizing when certain you're triggers happen. <laughs> we really are. We are I'm such hippies. And it, <laughs> but it's true. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta see. Because part of mindfulness is understanding how you function and how you react to certain things. And so part of that is also understanding um, is it around maybe a performance task that this feeling sure. comes up? Is sure. it around, uh, you know, that you are around other people who match your um, abilities that you start to question yourself, you know, when you're in team environments, when you're solo doing your own thing, like it doesn't really come up, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think um, the first step is just recognizing when you're in that space. And I think the second thing is each person's going to have their own coping mechanism. Like I mentioned earlier, for me, I like to think about kind of like I did it before I can do it again kind of mindset. Mm-hmm. And that you really about to start rapping because that's what I felt. Uh, you know, I you're not, y'all okay. not ready for that. OK, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not ready for that. So, yeah, I think um, 
finding whatever those affirmations or positive self-talk that helps you kind of get out of that space. I think one thing that always trips me up, I'm a really huge observer and I learn from people's lives and I learn from watching people. But the flip side, the, the negative side of that is that I can get deeply involved and engrossed in comparison. And so actually yeah, mixing that, finding a way to move forward without comparing your, your journey, your performance, all of that, finding a way to ignore the external factors when it comes to how you are moving forward in life is huge. And it has, I think one of my, probably one of the recent revelations that I've had in the past year has been about imposter syndrome and how it's crippled me from really achieving more of my job. Um, and I achieve a lot in my job. That's right. <laughs> so it's really interesting. I just always feel I've never felt quite adequate. And it wasn't until I start looking at it more objectively and not comparing it against, you know, the person that came before me or my boss or just anybody. Comparison was something that really, um, really had me stuck for a long time. So getting rid of that. Thank you for bringing which that is, up. It's easier it's said so than done. But, it, it is. But it's powerful. And I was going to say that with us saying like, oh, these are things, you know, how do we address it? It's step one. Step right. <laughs> it's like, that's the work, though. And yeah. that is much more challenging when you're when you're in it. I know for me, I think we're all kind of saying the same thing. But for me specifically, um, I can't overstate the the importance of taking time to know yourself. And <laughs> it's like everything, honestly, because yeah. I'm going to get you a shirt. If you don't know yourself and if you are not self-aware and you're not giving yourself time to have a voice about the trajectory that your life takes, your whole life can be imposter syndrome. Like you can you, you can lose. Yeah. And I say that being someone who I look back and I'm like, I lost years, like just kind of going with the flow, kind of like letting people tell me what to do. And mm -hmm. then it was like I was an imposter even of myself, like that worked for you. That doesn't work. That actually doesn't work for me. And that's okay. Like understanding like this is, these are my strengths. These are my weaknesses. Like I know my, I know the things that get, that are good. I know my propensity for the not so great stuff. Understanding that about yourself can help you put yourself in situations where you're not lying about who you are. Do you understand what I, I mean? I totally or having to like go through life as the character that you've created of yourself. Like that in and of yeah. itself is exhausting. Mm -hmm. And, um, but the good thing Tough. is, like, we validate each other because, like, the one of the things that you do within counseling is the most powerful tool is obviously listening. But the other one is validation, you know. So anytime that I work with a student or a client and I hear them share their story and it starts to sound like imposter syndrome, I think what's really empowering is instead of, like, saying, like, going immediately to the affirmation you know where you're like I am you, know, you got you got <laughs> you are abundant and you did it and yeah, you are yeah, the yeah, captain yeah, of yeah. your basketball team and da -da -da, you know like you you it's good to empower but you at first it's just to say smart. i hear you like yeah it's a valid you know i validate everything that you're saying and there's mm -hmm. people around you who can probably validate that as well so I always have to remind myself that if I'm going to do that for somebody else, that I got to validate my That's own right. experience first. That's right. So um, validation is key. Yeah. And it, and um, being open enough to speak the truth, because what you find, and I think, you know, we've discussed this, but what you find is there are people, all you need is someone to be like, oh, me too. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, you're not alone. <laughs> because I think a lot of people try to act like, this thing isn't hard. Like all of it isn't hard. And it is really hard. Yeah. Like at every step, it's really hard. Even people who are excelling at levels that you can't even imagine tell you next level, it's just hard. It continue. It's different varying levels of challenging yourself and being difficult. Mm -hmm. And to, I think sometimes the pressure that we put on ourselves or even that feeling of imposter syndrome is just, we also think it should be easy. We think it should be easy to just like have everything in line at work and be able to be hydrated and work out and cook. And Hydration is a and challenge. Do you know what I mean? Like just life. Yeah. And it's not easy. And it's, it's okay not. to say it's like, not. girl, I'm doing good and I'm grateful and I'm doing well at work, but like I'm not performing to my <laughs> complete potential and I know mm -hmm. it. Or, mm -hmm. you know, whatever it is and having someone be like, you know what? <laughs> Me too. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. So I have a really close friend. I mean, she's amazing. And she was in this job where she was just selling, excelling, excelling, but it was toxic. See? And so 
she had to make this big decision to kind of transition out of that environment into a very new industry but it was kind of still worked in her lane because she needed to represent the education side you know yeah, in that yeah, yeah. in that industry she felt like she needed to do that and but but she didn't see that she was that piece that worked within their team she kind of wanted to make her peg like everybody like the comparison piece like mm -hmm. i want to everybody else is from this background i'm the only one who's from education that's right i'm you know what i don't know what i'm doing and i don't know the that terminology like, that I don't sounds know the, like the expert you remember that? It does. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it does. And then that oh, happens yeah. to me. It's so funny. Yeah. So this was a huge thing um, that actually helped me with that because I had that exact scenario. So the group I work with um, literally designs and the underwriting platforms that support. It's a thing. Okay. There's Excel I sheets. can't even. It's it's coding. It is deeply like tech. It is yes. like if you go into a car dealership and apply for a loan. Like we manage the databases that give you your decisions. So data, big data, lots of things, modeling, very, very analytical people. And I am analytical, but to a degree. And I'm not tech savvy. So like being in that group, I was like, okay, I don't code. I don't know what I'm going to bring here. But I'm like the facilitator and the project manager. And they're coders, but they can't mm -hmm. necessarily present. And they can't necessarily take the information and give that to and executives in a way that yeah. they understand, that, right? right? So yep. I'm like, I'm the translator. But I had to figure that out because yeah. initially I was like, wait, how do I how do I become a coder? This is going to be tough. <laughs> like, wait. I just discovered you're Apple like, TV. You're like, how do, for dummies, how do I learn coding in 24 hours? <laughs> like, oh gosh. Do you know what I mean? Instead yeah. of being like that, no, 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 I don't have to know coding. Like, these are my strengths. I facilitate. Yep. I understand how to process information. Right. I make it plain for everybody who is just like me. That's like, we don't code, but we need to know what's going on. Yep. Right? Yep. It's an important piece of the puzzle. But Huge if you don't piece. value it and you're trying to be like everyone else, yeah. you know, yeah. I think that's a good way too to just address imposter syndrome is to just focus on adding value and remembering that, reminding yourself that you do have value. You have a yeah. strength that no one else has, that you bring something unique. And so instead of focusing on just, you know, all the things that you're not when you're in that particular group, focus on like how to bring value to the table. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's let's wrap this up. We've talked a lot about it. I feel like we all understand it now and we can figure <laughs> out how to identify it. And we really I think the the reason we're having this conversation is because we want people to like break free of it. Yeah. Right. Um, and to be better professionals. And I mean, Danielle, you kind of hit on it, too. Just like you could be impost doing imposter syndrome in a lot of areas of life that we didn't even really get to. Yeah. Um, so, OK, last sip. Final words. Where are some things you want to leave behind for the the people mm. buckle up for the ride um knowing yourself is a cool journey to be on <laughs> yeah yeah um Sometimes. speak your truth <laughs> speak your truth because when you really speak your truth and you're not protecting or trying to put up fronts um that invites vulnerability and that and people always respond to that. And that's always the best way is like, this is my truth. So if you're struggling, be OK with struggling and reach out. People mm -hmm. will. You'd be surprised. I think we think about the responses, but you'd be surprised. So, yeah, yeah. Speak your truth and be honest for sure. I think mine would be just that mistakes and losing are part of the game. One of the problems with imposter syndrome is that you're trying to be perfect and not make them those mistakes. So. Just acknowledge that just because you're wrong doesn't mean you're fake and doesn't that's mean right. that yes. everything you've done has been a lie. That's right. Because that's where I go. You're just wrong. That's where I go. And you can correct it. And you'll it. get it. You can, you, yep. You'll that's correct where it. I go. So, you'll correct it. Anyway. Like knowing that it it you must have it. If you are in a position in your life right now where you are not failing or scared or you have everything running, you know, like a well-oiled machine, that's awesome. One, congratulations. Good for you. But two. You may not be stretching enough because failure and mistakes are a part of the process. It's just like risks. expect them. Yeah. Do it, fail fast, and, and keep it pushing. Like it's got to happen. Nobody gets through this thing perfectly. And in my mind, I'm like, I just want to do it without it's failing. Just want to do it right the great. first time. <laughs> Listen, it's a waste how of time. we were brought up. But yeah. we're, right. we're trying to we're trying to get free, trying to unlearn. That's right. Anyway. Well, guys, we hope you enjoyed um, this conversation. We would love to hear how imposter syndrome shows up for you. So if you'd like to write into us, you can do so at hello at DD Spin the Bottle. 
You can also check us out on Instagram at DD Spin the Bottle. So good. We write back. We also now have one of our first dream team correspondents, so she will write back. Yes, I will. We have a subject matter expert, so shout us a holler, guys. Tell us how you are going to kick imposter syndrome's butt. Okay, it's that time. Right, good are you people. ready? <laughs> are you ready? Okay. It's time for <laughs> recent <laughs> revelations. With the vocals, we, I would you know, not know. Every every episode. Listen, every song we sing sounds the same. It gets better every time. We're too. like, it's, it's the remix. It's the remix. <laughs> I have some vibrato. So the quickly, remix. guys, before we close up the show, what are your recent revelations? Anything that has dawned on you? Anything you'd like to share? I think for, for me, so I got, there's a potential opportunity. Hopefully my supervisors are not listening. Uh, <laughs> but I want them to listen to the show. Okay. Well, they won't hold it against me. Uh, a recent opportunity to go to Abu Dhabi for work. What? Okay. Um, and then another opportunity to live in New York. And so imposter was all throughout this process mm-hmm. um, around like, why are you applying for these positions? You're not all that. So my recent revelation is what better time than now? Um, just That's because really my mom, um, you know, she there's so many places that she wants to travel to and she's, you know, 70, 71 and looking great. But Your mom is a lot, beautiful. Thank you. Uh, but, gorgeous. you know, there's a lot of things that she wished she did at certain moments in her life. So it's just reminding me that if I want something, I can go after it and what, there's no better time than now. So... Yes. Who knows y'all be in Abu Dhabi. Y'all nice. can come visit me. We will come. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Don't you threaten us there. with a good time. We will be saying. on the plane. We can all fill out this application together. <laughs> Drea? <laughs> um, I just feel like Game of Thrones. I gave Game of Thrones too much of my life. No. <laughs> <laughs> Looking back on it now, it was all a mistake. For nah, not. Nah, nah, nah. It was good. Being a person who loves stories and cinematography and i mean i really i enjoyed it i enjoyed my time i yeah. did and made my peace with it thank you game of thrones no it was a journey <laughs> it was it a was journey a heck of we, a we journey. thank you and especially I, in the beginning it was i rough. may what i may watch it all back through just no you will not the, seriously i don't know okay do what you want it's your life trying to give I support it. you you stop it <laughs> um okay so my recent revelation is i need to stop being petty sometimes with my boo when I get mad. I've noticed this uh, (laughs) a few times where in my mind I'm like, you are so petty. Like, girl, just talk to your man about what you're irritated about instead of saying goodnight at five o'clock. Like, I will literally be like, (laughs) I'm fine. (laughs) Good night. And it's five in the afternoon. (laughs) Good night what? On the phone? Like, girl. Heading to bed. I'm going to bed. (laughs) No, 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 no. It's so good. It's fine. Good night. Talk to you (laughs) tomorrow. Not even good night. Night. Girl, it's four o'clock in the afternoon. You're not going to bed. Like, stop being petty. How mm-hmm. interesting is it that you are learning more about your petty factor? Oh my god, it's so weird. I didn't yeah. think I was. You were like, denial? I'm so Wait, mature. You were denial about I'm your pettiness? so mature. You didn't own it. I own it, and maybe it's like I was not self aware, but <laughs> I'm no, seeing it. They bring really it out of you. They here, bring it out of you. Where I'm like, girl, and you are being petty for real. And he'll be, and I'm just like, no, 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 no. it's fine. It's totally fine. I'm fine, and I'm fine. But I'm I, mad. I own my pettiness. But I'm mad. I'm like, just be like, I'm mad. You are annoying. This irritated me. And yeah. that's my truth. Instead of being like it. Yeah. I'm fine. I'll talk to you later. Good night. It's not I effective. Mean, I know my truth is also really petty. but <laughs> I know. Cool. <laughs> it's just, it's difficult sometimes to have conversation. And what I'm learning in romantic relationships about effective communication is mm-hmm. there's patience required yeah. and you have to really make sure the other person understands i feel like gifs recently have been used in the pettiness war and i really don't like that have oh y'all you been mean getting... like relation like you texting your boo with... yeah and then nah. they're petty and they send nope. me a gif Won't and i'm respond. like I, I cannot reason are relation relationships are hard oh my gosh y'all even in, even when they're good they're hard like to be an adult and have to communicate effectively is difficult. <laughs> it's yeah. like 
What really happened so, was you hurt my feelings when you didn't want to go on our Bay Day date, which is what happened. <laughs> and instead, Aww, I acted day. like I didn't care and then told you goodnight at five in the morning. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Anyways, I'm just trying to be a better adult, better girlfriend, more mature communicator in relationships. Yeah. Because it's fine That's... and it's fine is not cutting it, you know? You empower me to get rid of my pettiness. Girl, go out there day rightly. It just doesn't help. It doesn't. It just doesn't help. And I just want to close and this a episode lot of times up by telling you. You don't feel good either. Afterwards, you're <laughs> yes, like, it. go out there and dare greatly. Listen, I just want to tell you because this is how this affected me. And I was like, I'm going to stop being petty. I have a pair of glasses that I love. They're Dolce Gabbana glasses. And I just love them. Okay. I think they make okay. me feel like the best version of myself. You've all seen them. I wear them all the time. <laughs> During this petty I mean, argument uh-huh. I was having because Bay Day got moved. Um, my glasses broke and normally my man fixes all things for me. And I was like, forget him. I'm about to gorilla glue these glasses together. <laughs> I don't know why. I so thought. you like hurt yourself? Bro. Yeah, that's the, that's Guess the whose Dolce Gabbana glasses are now trash. Trash. Because oh. you gorilla glued them. Because I was being petty. And because I was like, I'll do it myself. And he was like, baby, here's the screw. I could have just. Lessons learned. I was like, I didn't want to ask you. He was like, why? Because you were being petty? Because you were mad? And I was like, Yes. And, also, like, and I hope my next gift is these glasses. <laughs> my, can you buy me new Dolce Gabbana glasses? Thanks. Thanks. Gorilla glue? Pelli- I thought you no, were going to take like, just a wood, dash. No, no, no. It, I put a dash on. It looked great. When I woke up the next morning, apparently Gorilla Glue expands. Yeah. Who yeah, knew? That's the whole I didn't know. <laughs> and there was like a huge bubble on yeah. my glass where I was like, oh, well, now this is just... <laughs> This is now ghetto and ridiculous. I can't wear this in the street. There's a bubble of Gorilla Glue. If you wanted to go glasses. to Ultimate Petty, you could sell those on eBay. Wow. <sighs> That's so good. Anyways, All right, girl. We learned a lot. Okay. Don't be petty. Don't give yourself Might away some to, to your television. Stuff. Yes. And, and Gorilla Glue expands. Now I know. Yeah. Now you know. The more you know. Okay, guys. <laughs> Thanks so much for hanging out with us, Erin. Thanks for our first show. We first episode was first great. episode. I will be back. Yes, you yeah. will. And I'll be wearing one of these masks. It's on. <laughs> okay, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Definitely. <laughs> uh, Drea, thanks for being my amazing co-host. You're welcome. Um, Huck, thank you for being our uh, audio reporter. What it? So many things. Our multi-potentialite Captain. man of many, many, many roles. Um, thank we'll you for, for our, our camera guy, Odin. Odin. Awesome holding it down. We're doing big things. Thanks, the team. The things are so big. <laughs> the things are so big. So official. Thank you, fans. <laughs> just... I just want to thank my fans. Um, Giving glory and honor to Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, okay. Who is Johnson's the Lord out. of my life? <laughs> All right, bye, y'all. Good day. Good night. Good day.